Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. And this week, it's my pick. And we're going down south with a little Latino-flavored Carlos Santana. This week we're doing Santana's 1970 album, Abraxas. Guys, y'all ready to do this? I'm ready. We're down south. Where, where is Carlos from? I don't even know that. Mexico. I'm assuming Mexico. Okay. He almost has like a samba feel about him. Anthony, you got any words of wisdom this week you want to throw out at us? I don't have anything on my head, but I'll say uh, since we're talking about Mexico, don't drink the water, but uh, listen to the podcast. Ah, very good, Dave. <laughs> I couldn't think of nothing. I was thinking... Singing winds, crying podcasters. I was like, no, nah, I didn't really want ah, yeah. That's even better. This week, especially you bunch of babies. <laughs> All right. Black magic podcast. You guys after my review, we'll see. Ah, not me, brother. <laughs> I told you. All right. So here we are. Very polarizing album. Let's get this thing rolling. Track number one, Singing Winds, Crying Beast. Chris? Guys, from the beginning, you clearly know this is going to be something different. It's an instrumental. It's got that creepy piano intro. Carlos slowly picking a few select notes and then eventually allows the volume to swell into this tune. The wind blowing in the background, the bass slowly coming into play, and then you get your first flavor of the Latino soul we're about to experience. The keyboard sets the atmosphere, and if you listen to the song you know, with closed eyes, you can picture that beach scene in the background, probably the sun setting. Something that makes you think of that palm tree escape that we all love. Although it's not the best song on this album by no means, it's it's just a brief intro to what we're getting ready to listen to. I think it's somewhere between good and very good. I find this to be a five and a half. Chris, what do you think about Singing Winds, five Crying Beast? Yeah, it's yeah, good. It, it's good. Man. I think it's good. Listen, guys. I'm going to get this out of the way. Fanboy. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. Here we go. Chris's Flush of the Week. <laughs> I figured. I figured. I get it. I get it. Well, 
Yeah, there's not much to this. I mean, it's basic instrumental. Uh, I, I captured the best part. The rest of it is just dum, da, dum, 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 da, dum, going over and over again for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. It it just doesn't move the needle hardly at all for me. Although I did kind of like that little guitar solo up front. It, it's a meh for me. I gave it a four. Fair enough. Anthony, Singing Winds, Crying Beast. Uh, I don't have any song facts on this, but I have an interesting thing from Wikipedia about the album cover. Um. It said, uh, I mean, song facts on this song. I got other song facts on the other sure. songs. But anyways, uh, Wikipedia said the album cover features the 1961 painting Annunciation by German-French painter Matty Clairwin. And the title of the album originates from a line in Hermann Hesse's book, Demian, D-E-M-I-A-N, uh, quoted on the album's back cover. We stood before it. And began to freeze inside from the exertion. Exertion. We questioned the painting, berated it, made love to it, prayed to it. We called it mother. We called it whore and slut. Called it our beloved. Called it Abraxas. So that's where the title and everything came from, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Well, no yeah. kidding. So that was kind of interesting. So everybody's ever wondering where it's Abraxas there. came from. I'm looking from. at it right now. Anthony is absolutely quoted there at the very back. Holy crap, I never mm-hmm. know. I mean, I never really paid attention to it, but uh, holy smokes. All right, y'all ready for my review? Slap it. Let's hear your fanboying. Let's go. I'm not fanboying it. What do you think I I'm going to fanboy it? Yes, I do. <laughs> you think I'm going to fanboy this album? Absolutely. No. How do you know that? No. I just know how you are. You pretty much fanboy everything we do. <laughs> well, guys, I love the way this one starts, uh, nice and slow. Then you get that awesome guitar around the 42nd mark. That plays throughout the song. And it's that guitar, the sound of it, that really drives this song home for me. And I also dig the way this song picks up right around the 128 mark. Turns into a real cool slow jam. Kind of like something The Doors would have created, which I really like. It's a great way to lead an album in. And I'm going to help this album out a little bit today because uh, it's a nine. It's outstanding. Wow. I'm totally, totally wow. digging this song. Well, that's amazing, so. man. I, uh, I'm, I'm a little shocked, but ha- you know what? If it hits you, it hits you. That's great. That is great. All it's right. a nine, man. I love this song. I love this intro. When I first heard this intro, I was like, "Damn, I like this sound of this song." Well, I could, I can see it, man. It, it, it definitely sets the vibe. But the next song is really the one that encapsulates this entire record it, to me. I mean, because this really says, "Oh my God, Carlos is here, and he's getting ready to take over." You know what I mean? Well, it's songs like this, Jimmy. I've always had sort of a musician vibe inside me i've never let out i've always wanted to play an instrument i never did sure i want to hear songs like this and albums like this it kind of helps me think that fire a little bit right yeah 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 like i want to be a part of this i want to learn to play this kind of stuff because it's so good to listen to and i think it's why i really a lot of it gravitated to me and well dude well i don't i didn't want to get to this too early but this is kind of what i was telling chris i think this is more like a musician's type record it's got so much flavor yeah. in it that as a as a musician or somebody that likes to play on any kind of guitar, drum, bass, whatever it may be, this is the kind of stuff that reverberates within me because I love instrumental, as you guys know, well know, I love instrumental, you know, guitar rock. So, yeah, you know, obviously I'm going to probably yeah. start lighting up some flames here in a minute. But anyway, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and go to track two, Black Magic Woman slash Gypsy Queen. Chris? Thank you. 
That guitar, so that guitar tone is so delicious. Oh my god, I could sap it all up. Anyway, awesome in that song. this is one of the most popular Santana tunes, and it has that primitive Carlos guitar tone, which is notorious throughout his career. Everybody, when you think of Carlos Santana, you think about those long, grabbing notes that really sing to you. Um, he, uh, this song, very chill. This is the kind of music where you can sit back, relax, sip a drink to. And this is the kicker. Can you believe this is actually a cover song? And I know Chris may have not realized that last night, but it's amazing. It's it's notoriously pinned by Peter Green of Genesis. Um, so this is and this is back when Genesis Genesis was a blues rock band or a blues band, if you will. Hey, could, Jimmy, was it Genesis? It said said Fleetwood Mac in song. Oh, that's what I meant. Fleetwood Mac. Green. It is Peter Green. You're right. Sorry, was I was. Part, it's he, my daughter. She's a, a big Genesis of- kick. <laughs> <laughs> a Genesis man get some good tunes but they um, do they do yeah it is you're right it is Fleetwood Mac you're right you're right Fleetwood Mac back when they were blues prior to the you know the Stevie Nicks years and the and the Christine McVie years but and they uh, kind of changed their sound they really did and of course for the better they became you know multinational superstars but nonetheless I think this song he did this song justice he really turned it into something fantastic it's one of his biggest hits um uh, that solo is great and this, this song is so catchy, it's easy to sing along with. I think this one is an absolute 10. And I don't give that to covers often, but I think Carlos owns this, and it's iconic in, in every sense of the word. I think it is Carlos Santana perfection. 10. Chris? It's definitely got a really cool vibe to it, for sure. You kind of get this uh, picture of yourself sitting in a smoke-filled club in Havana or something listening to this kind of song you know it's it's uh, it kind of it bell, transports you to wear to some kind bell of bottoms with some thick sideburns and uh, <laughs> jamming there you go <laughs> yeah and I'll tell you man you're right about his tone it's just tremendous Jimmy you were saying last night he, he plays a, a Paul Reed Smith with yeah. a Mesa Boogie amp is that right that is correct that, man. was that what he's done done since day one is not since day one because those didn't exist but he uh became friends with the originator of mesa boogie he was the first endorsee of mesa boogie amps and the same with paul reed smith guitars i'm not sure how they met or how they became together but carlos santano has been the uh, one of the originators of paul reed smith's and i he probably had if i would guess and I don't know how true this is. He's got to have one of the first five, maybe six guitars made by Paul Reed. And this is back when Paul Reed Smith made them hand made them himself. So that's how far back. So he I guess goes. the reason I asked it is is that he's playing on his album. Oh yeah, I, I would think so. Okay. I, unless okay. it, if it's yeah, not, I wasn't quite Paul, sure how far back that went. But I'll have to look that yeah, up because it's, be it's got a great tone. It's got a great tone. Absolutely, man. it's just absolutely. like the the combination of those two things. Yeah, man, just the whole vibe of this song is fantastic. There's some cool twists and turns near the end. I'm going to give it a nine. I think it's outstanding. Awesome. Anthony, talk to us. What do you think about Black Magic Woman? Uh, like you said, and, some and by the way, uh, Sorry, uh, Greg, Greg Roll. Greg Rowley, yeah. Dude. He needs the, a knob or a knob, a dot nod. Oh, when there are vocals on this album, they're fantastic. So Let, let me he, take it back. Curious. Actually, he was playing a Les Paul on this album. I just looked it up. It was Les Paul. He was playing his Les okay. Paul on this one, so. Um, that's my fault, gotcha. but yeah, he didn't start playing the Paul Reed Smith until early 1980. So, wow, it's hard to believe. Jeez, all right, nonetheless, Anthony. Sorry, Anthony, go ahead. Man. <laughs> that's all right, man. Like you guys said before, this is a 
cover of a Fleetwood Mac song from 68. It reached number 37 in the UK, according to songfacts.com. Uh, and it said the royalties generated by Santana's cover of this song helped sustain the song's writer, Peter Green, after he left Fleetwood Mac. Green gave most of his money away when he left the band and would have found himself destitute later in the 70s if he didn't get checks from the old hits. So this song is one of the those songs that kind of helped him stay. I guess it shows you get a hit song and... Uh, you can live off of it, it can, yeah. You can live Probably. off of it. I mean, look at Margaritaville, for goodness sakes. <laughs> look what Jimmy's done yeah. out into. He's billion-dollar empire. No doubt. Um, but uh, anyways, Black Magic Woman, Gypsy Queen, uh, I'm really digging the way kind of the last song fades out into this one. It's kind of cool. Uh, I like the intro, too. You know, got some bass, some guitar, keyboard in the mix. That's nice. Uh, once, in, once the intro lifts away, we are treated to an absolute classic from start to finish. And Santana does not disappoint on the guitar. Um, love the sounds of the guitar in the song. Everything else, too, man, this is an iconic jam. It's a 10 in my mind, too. It's, it's absolute perfection. It's, you know, I knew a few songs off this album before we got into it, and this was one of them. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's a 10. Fantastic. All right, well, let's go ahead and go to track three, Oye Como Va. Chris. I love how the song comes in instantly from the the very tail end of Black Magic Woman. And, uh, I mean, the song is basically a jam fest, very catchy. Um, it just brings out like a fun vibe, if you will. It makes me want to, once again, it takes me back to that beach scene. I can see people dancing on the beach, you know, just as the sun's setting with drinks in hand, hanging out, having a great time. I think that this song, once again, really represents everything that, that Carlos is and does. Um, I think that uh, the way he makes his guitar sing in the solo, you can sing it in your head. I mean, you can sing along with it. And things like that's what really sticks out to me when it comes to a guitar and, and, and how a musician uses it to capture an audience. I think this song is absolutely outstanding. I was torn between what I was going to give this, but I'm going to give it a nine. I think it's a fair rating. I think it's absolutely outstanding and one of the Best uh, tunes he's ever written. I'm at a nine, Chris. Yeah, this this song talk about a vibe yet again. This thing, man, you just picture Rio Carnival, you know, just yeah, people right. dancing you can in the see streets, that, right? kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, definitely a beach feel to it as well. Uh, 
and it's just an infectious groove. I mean, it's just, just, and we're all sitting here just kind of like bobbing our head. Anthony, like I say, gets the, was it the feet moving and the toes tapping? So that's what he like says. That, yeah. 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 Said I that mean, a lot over the years, haven't I? <laughs> that's absolutely the, the perfect phrase for this song. Uh, I think it's the best song on the album. I gave it a nine as well, Jimmy. Fantastic. Anthony. Oh, yeah. Come over. Songfacts.com said Salsa legend Tito Puente. I think you've heard of him, right? I have. Uh, wrote this song and recorded <laughs> it in the early 50s. Tequila or something, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> I'm sure Good. it is. We just alienated our Latin American community. So <laughs> thank you, Chris, that, for being that way. Hey, a lot um, of people make tequila. It's it's a, it's common thing uh, these days. George I know, I'm messing with you. Trying to get us canceled on this podcast. Sam um, Uh While Puente was very popular in the Latin community, Santana's cover became a hit and helped introduce Puente to a wider audience. On Santana's version of the song, everything, including the guitar whales and keyboards, follows the original music um so and it says a mulata is a woman mulatto being a male of caucasian european and black african descent the correct translation of the word oi is listen the translation of the lyrics is thus listen to my rhythm good for fun mulata so that's according to songfacts.com <laughs> you're talking about me man you, you talk about that's, that's song facts just so you know man. that is a racial slur but i'm just gonna tell you what you just said well that's in song facts i can't help it it's not me he's i didn't quoting, say it i repeat he's quoting i'm quoting songfacts.com fair enough that's all i'm saying is i'm quoting songfacts.com you'll take it up with them okay. not me <laughs> What's that? Ah, nothing. Let's go on. You know, in my mind, Oi Como Va, this is another song that is an iconic jam from start to finish. I love the sound of the guitar in this song, as well as the keyboard. I just enjoy thinking about it, the drums, the bass, the keyboard, the singability of it, the way it ebbs and flows and grooves. It's a 10 for me, man. I think this is perfection for Santana. Yeah. Um, I knew this song I before argue. you started the album. Couldn't argue that, Anthony. I, yeah. And I was torn. I Honestly, I, I could... You know, depending on how I'm feeling, I, I could probably go either way. You know, and I was wondering, there was a commercial years ago. I think it was a Nissan commercial in the early 2000s. Did I hear it there or did I hear that on classic rock radio? I don't know where I've heard it exactly, but I knew this song before I came into this this review. So. Well, you probably heard it on both, to be honest, because I, I think they used a lot of his music on commercials back after about 1999 when he had that Supernatural album come out. Like, he exploded again on the scene oh, and yeah, he came, like, Thomas. massive. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, not just Rob Thomas. He has, like, a ton of, you know, back then, you know, music stars. But that in the was 90s. the big song, though. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was huge. Smooth. Yeah, it was huge, huge, Mm -hmm. huge. Jimmy gets very defensive when I say that he'd be nothing without Rob Thomas. (laughs) Carlos, I believe in you, and I know that you're one of the greatest. Uh, Okay, I disagree. I'm just joking when I say that. He's clearly a very talented (laughs) guitarist, but Rob took him to the next level, and we can't pretend like he didn't because, I mean, the whole country knew who he was at that point, so... Very true. Agree to disagree. I mean, it helped him. Basically, Santana kind of wrote his career, and then Rob elevated it in the 90s. But Santana was Santana from the time he started to the 90s. He was still massive. Rob just took him to the mainstream. Y'all know Dave Matthews on that album too, right? 
everybody else knew who he was. But not just can you name the Dave stuff, Matthews yeah. song on that album? I know the Rob Thomas song. I can't remember the Dave Matthews. I don't song remember the album. Dave Matthews either. But he's he's one there was of another exactly. song called Maria Maria. I, I don't remember who sang it, but but it was a very popular yeah, it was too. Popular too. Yeah, it was yeah, one of his. yeah. You know that's a weird man. I didn't think about that, but you're right. There is uh, there's a couple of hits off that record. That you're now. right. Jeez. All right. Well, let's go. Uh, Rob. Obviously, we all like that one. It's fantastic. Let's go to track four. It's called Incident at Neshabar. Obviously, we're at another instrumental song as this uh, side one closes out. Um, I do. I, I absolutely think this song is a. It's a rocking tune. It has like it has so much stuff going on in this in this in this song. You've got some chill kind of kind of soundings going on, but you've got some franticness going on. The drums, the bass, the bass line is really really real subtle, but it's there and it's kind of keeping this song at pace. I uh, I mean, it, it gives me like. I don't know, piano bar vibes in Cuba. I, I don't know how to explain it. That's kind of what I think about. I'm thinking about a piano bar in Cuba and people having drinks and, and, and cigar smoke is just swirling through the air. You, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I see when I hear this song and, um, the drums, holy smokes. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, once again, I'm a fan of instrumental music. I think this is a great way to close out this first side. I gave this one a seven. Chris, what do you think about incident at Neshaber? Yeah, you know, I think I know why you really gravitate to this kind of music, Jimmy. This stuff at times, I mean, obviously we have the the great guitar that, that I know you're a big guitar guy, but also this is just like straight Miles Davis type oh, stuff yeah, right absolutely. here. I mean, it's it, it's just very free free flowing jazz kind of music. Uh, that's that's how I see this song. Um, you know, it, and I appreciate that kind of music as well. Uh, it, you know. Stuff like it's hard to write, man. I mean, it's, sure. you know, it's just like because it's it's kind of it doesn't have a lot of structure to it, really. It's just kind of like like I said, kind of free flows, and uh, I think it's a very good song. I gave it a six. Awesome, uh, awesome, it, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, for you like to I give say, an man, instrumental it's, it's, six, it's like, it's like a lot. well, it's it's almost like trying to uh, rate a Jackson Pollock painting. You know, it's like I don't know. I mean, it's it's good. I like what I hear, but the, I don't know how to rate it. I mean, it was a bunch of dots on a canvas, or you know, a bunch of splashes on the canvas, or something. I mean, that's kind of what this music's like. They're throwing a lot of notes in the air, and there it is. But like, it's him. he knows not what he says. I don't says. know, man. It's yeah, I, 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 I do. I get it. six I get for it. me. Six for that's still better than I thought. Anthony, what do you think about incident at Nesper? 
You know, this song and the next song, they start off like a uh, chase scene in an old cop show. I can see this putting yeah, the, from uh, the 70s. This could be yeah. the, the, the 70s cop show on TV. I can see both of these next two songs start out like that. Every time I hear, like, I see these guys in, you know, what do you call those? Uh, leisure suits chasing some perp through the streets, you know, when I hear this, man. Um, but, you know, honestly, man, it's a hell of a groovy jam. When that guitar starts wailing, I'm hooked. Um, it gets me every time. And beyond the guitar, which is, you know, awesome, of course, the band itself is firing on all cylinders. Transitions are well done and flow smoothly. It's not as high for me as the last three, but I'm still giving it a 7.5. It's somewhere between great and excellent. Um, it's just just a great jam. I just love listening to it, you know. So Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, let's flip this record over. We're going to go to track five. It is Say A Cabo. Chris. and the Dude, bass and everything. It's uh, so he, cool. He just takes all this world music and just puts it together and, and basically know. makes it something that is, is I don't know if fashionable is the right term for back in 1970, but he really brought it to the forefront in that era of music. Um, you know, this one's organ keyboard driven, nice guitar tone throughout. I think it sets the pace for the second side of this record. And, I, and obviously, it's a jam. It absolutely is a jam. It is certainly, like you said a minute ago, Chris, kind of like a free-flow jazz session. But this one obviously has that Latino flavor, that Cubano flavor. You know, it's it's so, so, I think it's good. Um, I actually, I rated this one a six. I gave it a very good because I think it's a very good way to start side two. And um, and we're going to see some more experimentation here throughout the rest of this album. What do you think about the Say A Cabo, Chris? You know, it, to me, it almost feels like uh, I, I think these old James Bond movies, and I hear music like this, and I'm like Doctor No, mm-hmm. and you know, some of, some of just like the really old ones. Um, I could see. And that, I guess man. honestly, that's you know, I, I know those movies, but I'm sure other movies from the from that time frame have similar scores to them. So yeah, I, I was thinking of a not to cut you off. I was thinking of the French Connection. Yeah, that, yeah, st- yeah. that chase scene where uh, yeah. Gene Hackman is chasing them. What's his name underneath the. That bridge or something like that he was tracing years ago. A really famous. Is that, chase is that where he's like looking for the old Nazi dentist, or is that a different movie? I think that's a different movie. That might okay. be Marathon with uh, Dustin. Yeah, Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that was a good movie. I caught that one. Once. That ending okay. of that movie is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get off track here. Uh, yeah, man. This you know, it's a solid song. Uh, again, tough to rate. It's free flowing jazz kind of sound to it. I gave it a five. I think it's good. 
not quite as good as the previous one, but but good all the same. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Anthony. Say a cabo. Uh, it's another song, like I said, it could be in an old cop show like we were talking about just now. But uh, it's another instrumental song in this album that just works. Uh, the band is killing it. The guitar, the keyboard especially. The congas, the bass, the drums, it's all good. It's another song for me that falls somewhere between great and excellent. I gave it a 7.5. Just love to just... This is a very headphone. This, in fact, this album, I try to purposely listen to it just with headphones. You need to. Because it's such a good headphone song. Yeah, an oh, yeah. album in general. You just you, you can't get it all through a smart speaker. You, know, you have to use headphones for this one. So I'm gonna bring it up. Uh, I had that written down. I got notes for the end of this. What I you know, yeah, you're absolutely right, Anthony. Absolutely right. There's just a every time I listen to this album, I try to say, when can I listen to this with my headphones on when the kids are in school? That's when I did it. So uh, but yeah. That's awesome. So man. all right. Well, let's go to track six, Mother's Daughter. Let's go Mother's Daughter. I think this is absolutely a fantastic song, and I feel like they really honestly could have put this song as the opening track for side two so that as you flip the record over, it gets you back into like a more rocking vibe. This song is going to have your first taste of a Hendrix vibe that you're going to hear uh, on a couple of the songs throughout this record. And obviously Carlos was a fan, uh, you know, met him at Woodstock, hung out, and you can you can just see or you can hear and feel the Hendrix style in, in this tune as he starts coming out. The keys and the drums, they stand out. Uh, Carlos's guitar tone absolutely stands out, and he is the glue that keeps this whole thing together. The, at, the outro solo, it has a great feel and reverberates as the tune closes out. I think this is an excellent song. I gave this one an eight. Chris, what do you think about Mother's Daughter? Yeah, pretty much just everything you said, man. You pretty much took all my notes. Give it a seven and a half. You're welcome. Next. <laughs> no, I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, yeah, man. It, I was like, this actually, here, we finally got a real song. I mean, we've got, we got lyrics coming in. That's, it's great, man. Greg sounds awesome. Uh, definitely has that early 70s rock vibe to it. I didn't really make my, my Hendrix connection until the next vocal song, but. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, well, it was, I think, sure. I think, Hope You're Feeling Better has more of a Hendrix sound to it than this one does, but. Uh, man, it's just a rocking song, and then Carlos, man, he absolutely rips it up on this song, and, and it just makes me think, why? Why doesn't he have more songs with vocals on it? Because if he if he followed that format a little bit, he would. I mean, man, they would have just soared, you know. But that's just what he, what he wanted to do, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's but I put between great and excellent. I gave it a seven and a half. Awesome, Anthony. What do you think about Mother's Daughter? Uh, songfacts.com told from the first person point of view. This is about a man who is tired of being mistreated by his girlfriend. At the end, there's a twist. The man apparently had an affair with the girl's mother. Dun, dun, dun. So I don't know. I didn't read the lyrics. Dun, so dun, dun. It sounds a little bit like uh, the uh, movie uh, Mrs. Robinson. What was that called? The Graduate? That twist at the end, the you know. Sorry man. to ruin it, people. I didn't mean to ruin that twist, yeah, but hey, uh, man, spoiler, come on now. <laughs> if you haven't spoiler. seen it since the late freaking sixties, you probably aren't going to watch it. But uh, there's a fifty year grace period on that. I'm telling you what, man. <laughs> and by the way, I'm spoilers Luke, there. I think. And by the way, Darth Vader's Luke's father. Hmm. Sorry yeah. to spoil now that. You, one now too. you're starting to like oh, nice. inch it up a bit. Now that's late seventies, right? There. That's just mean. <laughs> that's just mean. Anyway, no, that's probably 80. What was that Return of the Jedi when you found that out? Is that like no, it was Empire, I, very end of Empire, Empire, uh, Empire. Empire yeah, right. so they were standing out. on yeah. that little walkway or whatever, and so it's, it's like, like no, I am your father. No, so, anyways, I'm not going to geek out that much, but uh, <laughs> anyways, okay. I love okay. the bass and guitar that leads this song in before it dives into a nasty groove. Enjoy everything about it. It's got that early 70s rock vibe, and uh, it just works, man. Santana is killing it. Greg is tearing up those vocals. It's just a excellent tune, man. I gave it an 8, too, so really, really digging it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go to track 7. It's called Samba Party. Chris. <laughs> So Samba Pati. Now I was very late in in retrospect to getting into the Santana stuff. This song I absolutely love. I remember going to Matt Smith's Morel Music in Abingdon, you know, where we all grew up back in I wanna say this was probably nineteen ninety two, my first year in at, at, at the college over here. And um, I remember going in there and they had the Paul Reed Smith guitar there, hand hand number, this is how old this thing was, blue. And the guy was like, this is what Carlos Santana plays. And I'm like, Carlos Santana. I said, I've heard of him, didn't really hear him. They played this song for me. I was like, oh, this dude's got some feel. This dude's got some feel. And this is what turned me into somewhat of a, a Santana snob when it comes. Because this early stuff is nothing like the later stuff that came throughout his career. But it turned me into a fan. And this is probably why my rating's going to be where it is. Um, it sounds like Carlos is really at home. 
It sounds like he's playing the song for himself. I mean, not only can you hear each note, but you can feel the note as he plays it. I mean, I think this is a journey that uh, really is coming to an end as far as his record goes. It's slowly coming to an end. And this instrumental that Carlos has, has really thrown out there toward the end of this record is almost perfection. I find this somewhere between outstanding and uh, perfection. I mean, honestly, it's it's a nine and a half in my ears, but it's coming from perspective of somebody that this is the song that hooked me to Carlos Santana, and that's why it rates so high to me. Chris, Samba Pati. There's something interesting about this song I noticed on the, the Wikipedia page. Uh, I was looking at the, the singles from this album, and you've got Black Magic Woman... I oh, gosh, I'm like, Oyo, Como Va. I, I, <laughs> uh, oh, hope you're feeling better than this song. But this song wasn't released until 1973. And the yeah. other ones were 1970, 71. And he released three albums while... It, you know, he was doing yeah. an album every year. So explain to me why this song got released after while he had three other albums out. I, I, I don't know the interesting, end, maybe, I don't know. There's got to be a story behind know. that. I think I think yeah, back I in that time, the seventies and sixties though were different. You know, I heard that like they would just put out a single with no album sometimes and just release it to the radio. Well, do that like now. That, I mean, that's not uncommon, well. Yeah, but I'm but... saying back then they were doing that with their songs that are just not on albums that are just floating in the ether from the sixties mm-hmm. because they're not on albums. So I think the the way we're used to things being structured with releases were not the same in the early seventies. They were doing things differently. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the reason why it's like that, you know. Yeah, at least I know like, that it's maybe uh, a couple of people had like redone it. I don't know. I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, with there's it, been but. a couple people redone it. I, I saw that he was some jazz musician, some jazz guy was the reason why he wrote this song. He was drunk on the sidewalk or something. So <laughs> interesting. I, I love well, anyway, uh, yeah, man. I, I I guess this is Ballad Boys song for the album here. I mean the the whole. Uh, I mean this is this is a instrumental ballad. It's I guess you don't get too many of those. Uh, no. But that, I think that's what this is. Uh, to me, it's basically just kind of man. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I know you love this song. It, to me, it's kind of okay, bland. Man. No, you kill it. Uh, I, I gave it five. I think I don't think it's bad. There's nothing bad on this album. Let me just say, and most of the stuff's not even meh. And this isn't meh. It's, it's a solid song, but I don't think it's much more than good. So yeah, I gave it a five. Fair enough, Anthony. What do you think? <laughs> Translated into English according to SongFacts.com. Uh, the title means Samba for You. I kind of like that. It's been a good name for my podcast, Samba for You. Um, Carlos Santana told Mojo Magazine in November 2008 that he felt that this was his first recording when he was truly able to express himself. He explained, I remember being alone one evening. Until then, when I heard my records, it was like seeing myself in the mirror and there was no me there. Only a lot of other guitarist faces. B.B. King, George Benson, Peter Green. That evening, I heard Samba Pati on the radio, and I looked in the mirror, and it was my face, my tone, my fingerprints, my identity, my uniqueness. Because when I recorded it, I was thinking of nothing. It was just pure feeling. I have a suspicion it came from stuff bottled up inside me that I didn't know how to express or articulate. I get angry because... Why can't I say what I really mean? Then Samba Pa T comes out of me and everybody understands it. So just, he basically just sat down and jammed and just like, he just, he just let his conscience take over 
flowed into his guitar and out came this beautiful song. So just pure talent, man. Um, me personally, man, this is a sleeper hit for me on the album. One of two on this album that's a sleeper hit for me. I just love the way the guitar sounds in this song. So good, beautiful, soft, mellow. It's got this sort of, I call it easy crunchiness to it. It's like an easy kind of crunchy sound. You know those old crunchy guitar sound, but sort of easy at oh, yeah. the same time. It's kind of kind of different. Um, Santana, you know, is tearing it up. I like the way they bring the, the band in around him too on the song, which is really, really good. Uh, the transitions are really smooth. It's a nine for me. It's outstanding. Really, really awesome. digging this tune, man. So, yeah. When I first heard the song, this is one of those that just jumped off at me right off the bat. I was like, man, ah, this is what makes me want to be a musician. Songs like this. If I ever play the bass guitar, which if I don't do it soon, I'm probably not going to be able to. And uh, (laughs) it's songs like this that will make me play the bass guitar just because I want to feel what they feel when they're playing music, you know? So anyways, yeah, it's a nine for me. It's outstanding. Requires a lot of practice. I had that thought a few years ago. I was like, yeah, I'm going to pick up a guitar, learn how to play it. I've been talking about it since... (laughs) Well, high school <laughs> it's not as easy as you think <laughs> you know you know the band i was gonna get jimmy in the band back then remember that band we were gonna, we're gonna start called annihilation blitzkrieg the speed metal band that's awesome dude yes <laughs> i love the name i remember you that name years ago <laughs> i know years ago i should have started a band that's back awesome, in the dude. 80s annihilation yeah. blitzkrieg oh my god anybody want to take it take it and run with it i don't mind at least get it out in the out somewhere you know so get it out it needs to be be unleashed uh, expiration date i think (laughs) right right all right let's go to track number eight it's called hope you're feeling better chris Now, I will say, hope you're feeling better. This is the most rock and bluesy song on the album. This is absolutely, as we discussed, the hints of Hendrix. Well, this is pure Hendrix worship at this point. And if you listen to it closely, it's almost got what Billy Gibbons can do on guitar as well with those little linear notes that he's dropping throughout the song. I mean, it's fantastic. I I think this song is vocally and sonically, it is a perfect mix of what Hendrix may have released later had he not passed away and it's also the perfect way to work your way out of this album as we're getting ready to close this thing out Uh, it's a rocker I think it's excellent I gave it an eight Chris what do you think about hope you're feeling better yeah you know this again was another single off this album so uh, I I was gonna say sleeper but it's not a sleeper dude 
It, rocking tune, man. Absolutely rocking tune. <laughs> I think I think Greg sounds fantastic in this. Carlos absolutely rips it up. Uh, it's almost like when he has a vocalist in there, he 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 can just kind of like accentuate it. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. It, I agree. Yeah, it, it's just I, I seriously I, I wish he'd done more songs like this throughout his career. Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that's he's just a jam band kind of guy, but man, if he would have just like brought in a, a dedicated vocalist to his band. Kind of like Van Halen did or something. I mean, my God, it's it's hard to tell where. Like, I get it. He he's, you know, he he's what he is, and and like musicians respect and love him for it. But man, he could have been so much bigger throughout the world if he did just like brought some vocalists yeah. in that could get you know that could hang with him. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Excellent song. It's an eight. Anthony, hope you're feeling better. Man, this is the other sleeper hit for me on the show. It's just such a. Damn good song from start to finish. Yeah, it is. It I mean, agreed, that agreed. keyboard and drum intro, that get nasty guitar mixed into it. Uh, it's another song I just want to crank it, man. Every time I hear it, I, in fact, when I was listening out, I just wanted to pump my volume up a little bit. It's just, God, it's such a jam. Um, it's just great guitar licks. Bass grooves are nice. It's just a jam, man, on the back half of this album. This is where they should have closed the album. The only dud Agreed. really on this album is coming up next. It's a terrible way yeah. to close this album. You should have closed it with this song and left everybody with their mouth on the floor. Um, this is a nine, man. It's outstanding. You know, I don't want to go to perfection because it's not perfection, I don't think. But it's a freaking nine in my mind, man. Every time I hear this song, I'm just like, damn, I'm back into this song again. So yeah. it's an I almost feel like I went a little low on that one, too. It's an absolute rocker. There's no doubt about it. It is. It is. It is. All right. Well, let's wrap this album up with the last track, El Nicoya. So basically, El Nicoya, it's an outro. I don't even know if we probably even consider this in a song. We maybe don't even need to rate this one. However, I mean, it's, it's longer than a minute. Review. It's a, well, it's a part of my review, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think it's a little bit of a calming instrumental, but it seems like it almost maybe a little bit too much. Perhaps you should have added something to the end of Hope You're Feeling Better and kind of close it out there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was jokingly thinking about uh, how I thought about this song uh, this past couple of weeks. And, and there, I mean, if you're a fan of the Dave Chappelle show, there's a skit that he does 
where he is with John Mayer and they're playing tunes in a barber shop. I believe this is how it went. And, and Dave Chappelle says, you know, he's talking about making some kind of Spanish flavor song, and it's and it's something that he goes, now you just cue the Spanish gibberish or something like that, and you hear these guys doing, you know, the Spanish stuff, and I don't, I don't know exactly what they're saying, but it, it, I get it. It's he's trying to slowly go out of this record he didn't need to do that he really didn't he could have closed out the last uh, the hope you're feeling better and really left this album and granted this album's not long what 37 minutes and this is a minute and a half but still yet i would skip this every single time i mean it's good nothing other than good that's it if that if that and i'm being gracious when i say it's a five chris what'd you think about el nicoya uh, I'm gonna let Anthony go. I'd like to close it out if we could. Okay, <laughs> Anthony, what do you think about El Nicoya? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking, man, like move this song to like before Samba Pati, like have this kind of little jam, then have it slowly slide out, and then have that song sort of slowly fade in. It might actually flow really well together. You know, put it in about in that spot on the album. Um, <clears throat> for me personally, man, it's a decent tune. I do like the instrumentation in it. But it should have been somewhere else on the album. It's not a great closer. It's it's a five for me. It's good. I do like the drums. The drums are really cool. And but that's about it. There's not a really a lot to this song. So it's just a terrible way to close it out. What an excellent Agreed. album, man. I've fallen in love with uh, personally. But uh, it it's a five. It's good, and that's about it for me personally. So, all right, Chris, close us out. Well, the reason I, I did that is because he, he kind of inferred in the previous song that how this was a stinker in his mind. Uh, I won't say stinker. It's got it's good stuff in it. Don't, <laughs> just, you can't be critical at all. Okay? I don't it's like fine, being, I'm not being, but I'm not being critical. I'm not trying to not be critical. I'll be critical if I want to. <laughs> okay, but fair enough. But I'm just saying with this song, it's just, you got so much goodness in this album. Why leave us with a song that's kind of, kind of bland there's not a lot to it you know it's the whole milk of the album when everything else has got you know hot salsa in it basically so i mean i don't understand why you know what i mean (laughs) did you you guys watch i love lucy back in the day so like to me you know i was ricky ricardo he had this he was kind of like a band leader in a way you know that was kind of his thing i kind of feel the same way about carlos he's a band leader at his at his core i mean he's got all these guys around him, and he's kind of like, okay, now he's also a massive guitarist, right? But to me, this kind of fits the album in a way. It seems like you guys disagree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking through all, you know, we, we were talking about how all these songs remind us of sitting in a club in Havana, sipping a Mai Tai, and like, you know, smoking the air with the, the ceiling fans going and stuff. And it's like, this feels like that, honestly. I can see this in some club somewhere. Uh, so it kind of fits what he does, I think. I agree. Uh, Hope You're Feeling Better would have been a fantastic closer, a great way to close out an album. And it's weird because, listen, I got the same score you guys did. I gave it a five as well. But but it does, I don't, I don't feel badly about the song. I just kind of feel like it's, I don't know, it, it's, it, it kind of fits what he does, I think. And, and, you know, you get that whole, man, man those conga guys are going crazy in this yeah, song. I, so, like I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's just basically an, an outro that is only a little over a minute long. So I'm not going to be too critical of it. I mean, would it have been better if he just dropped it and closed with Hope You're Feeling Better? Maybe. I don't know. And we always talk about album, you know, song placement, especially with last songs, bringing people wanting more. I don't know. Uh, I gave it a five, but I don't dislike it necessarily. I, f- I feel like maybe 
it fits what he does to some degree. So I get it. I don't know. That's my yeah, fair enough, there. man. So I'm going to go ahead and give my final thoughts. I think this album is an album that is basically a musician's record. Um, I, I think it's perfect for a late night listen in your den or even a breakfast listen with a cup of coffee, maybe out on your patio or on your front porch, just looking out over the, uh, looking out over your day, so to speak. And um, as I said before, in many, many reviews that we've done here, um, this one really, really needs to be listened to with headphones to appreciate everything is, that's going on uh, sonically. There is so much panning with the music going left to right, front to rear. Um, the background nuances that can be easily missed in a car or a Bluetooth speaker or even on vinyl. Like I listen to it on vinyl and I don't hear everything as clear as I can when I throw on a set of headphones. Uh, if I plug my headphones into the record player, I can hear it there. And it's it's weird. You just can't hear it through like a, a, a little bit of a, a larger speaker. I mean, as a fan of instrumental music, I appreciate what Carlos does here. And I know it's a challenge for you guys for the most part to to give this one a, a, a good listen and, and, and stick with it for that matter. Um, I did fall in love with Santana because of one song in particular on this record, the Samba Pati. And I went back and, and really went through his discography. I prefer his stuff from his first album through about 78, 79, somewhere through there. Which is, you know, it's all great, great 70s vibe music, to my opinion. Uh, it's like the uh, Latino version of Jimmy Buffett in, in some in some <laughs> ways in my ears. Uh, and, I, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I still listen to this record to this day. It's fi- over 50 years old now. Um, it's Crazy. one of the, it's the only album by Santana that I physically own on vinyl because it's the one that I, I, I love the most. Um, to my ears, this is a beach album. It takes me away to, to like a Caribbean island uh, surrounded by sand, palm trees, and the ocean. My overall score came out to be a 7.6. I think that's a great score for this record, considering it's not my normal, uh, you know, not my normal go-to, if you will. Um, I borderline want to raise it to an 8, but I see where folks that may not be a fan of instrumental music possibly couldn't get through the instrumental stuff on this because the hits are there and if you know anything from classic 70s rock you're going to know Black Magic Woman you're going to know Oh You Como Va and probably going to know Samba Pati I hope you know Hope You're Feeling Better because that song was a single and it's an absolute killer tune but at a 7.6 I'm good with that. Chris what do you think about your uh, your final thoughts of this record? It was definitely an interesting pick uh, I know maybe at times I came across as a, a hater in this review I tried not to do that. Hater! But, uh, uh, it really wasn't my intent. I mean, you guys know how I feel about uh, typically how I feel about I know instrumentals. How you feel about a lot of songs. Stuff, Chris. And there was a lot of instrumentals in this album. Let's just be honest. Um, yeah. That said, you know, th- there is definitely a time and place for this kind of music. You kind of nailed it with your your fin- finishing thoughts there, Jimmy. Like back deck on a Saturday morning with a fire pit going and a cup of coffee. You know, just kick back, relaxing. This is perfect for that. You know, it really is. If you're on a 5:30 a.m. commute driving to your job, maybe not perfect for that. You know, it's it's just you need to, this is more of a I need to be in a relaxing environment kind of listen. I think I don't know. So it's it's situational music. I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, you know, honestly, like this this album, it's very reminds me a lot of jazz. I get a lot of shades, Miles and John Coltrane and guys like that. Uh, but with more of a guitar uh, 
theme behind it. Which, you know, you'd really think, and maybe I just need to give it some more listens. I'm not opposed to doing that. And I think it might, it, it grows, it, it, you know, the, every time I listened to it, it grew on me a little bit. Every, every time I listened, I can imagine if, if this is something that was in my regular rotation, I might love it. I, I can see times when I would, uh, you know, and we talked about this too already. It's a lot of this stuff I've already touched on and I had my finishing notes, but you know, he really, he really kind of crossed over into the mainstream when he did that supernatural album. And he had all those guest singers on there. And, and again, I, I'll just touch on it. Like I'm, I, I guess he picked the lane he wanted to be in. But if he would have just, you know, even this this Greg Roll guy, like if, he, if he'd have used him as his, because uh, I don't know what that guy did after. I know you say he started Journey, but like he's not, yeah. he wasn't in Journey Neil, for a yeah, while. Neil right? Sean came to the album after this and yeah. him and Neil broke off and, and he was the original singer for Journey. Yeah, so like, I mean, Santana could have used him as his vocalist and, and like created music with words and like <laughs> lyrics and, and maybe been a much more mainstream artist. But I, you know, again, that's not what he wanted to do. I don't guess. And listen, I'm sure this guy's got a great life and I'm sure he's made a ton of money and I'm sure he's very happy with what, what he's done in his life. So I can't like, I can't knock him. I mean, it's pretty smart. I guess what he did. Um, yeah, man, I, you know, Pretty much, I've kind of just rambling at this point. I don't have much more to say. I gave it a six four. It, it was okay. it was very good in my ears. Close, closer to great, you know. So like, yeah. I mean, it's overall. I think that's and that's kind of how I feel about it. There's some very good songs on this album. There are touches of just absolute except you know exceptional music on this. I mean, yeah, right. it, yeah. Six four seems like a, a fair. Yeah, score the, the, I get it. The songs that soar really soar, and the songs that are just low, they're they're, lo- they're so low that they really can't they can't help the album. They can actually no, it's bad. Take away you know, it. even even like you know, right in the middle there with that incident at Neshabar and Say a Cabo. I, I mean, it's yeah. all just like freeform jazz kind of stuff. I don't dislike it, man. You know, I mean. So I don't know. It just you've got to be in the mood to listen to music like that, I guess. I, and if you're not, agree. You, it's not going to hit you. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right, Anthony, your final thoughts. Yeah, you know, I I said uh, it's a great pick. You know, I really enjoyed listening to it, and you know, listening to it over the last two weeks really makes me glad we started this podcast because uh, I would never listen to this album without this podcast. Pure and simply, oh, wow. I mean, I really wouldn't. I would never. I never would have done seek it, it out, so, right? Right. Yeah, I don't want to seek it at all. So I really one thing I love about the podcast itself is that it's exposed me to a lot of great music, like early ZZ Top and yeah. you know these guys, the Santana, and just stuff I never would have listened to. Um, Bad Company, how good that album was, but uh, yeah. you know, because I was like I said in my notes, I was too young to appreciate this music. I mean, it, in seventy, I wasn't even born. I was a a blip in my parents' eye basically at the time. <laughs> So, because I was born two years later, so, and basically growing up as a young kid in the 70s, you don't get a chance to really listen to this music because you're still pulling a pacifier right. out of your mouth by the time about 75, it's probably wasn't on mainstream radio either, right? I mean, I, I, don't, right. I don't even know, was this stuff really on the radio per se? I think Black Magic 70s? Woman was very, very Yeah, Black Magic Woman, I've heard throughout my yeah, lifetime. Okay. You know, I don't know of a time where I haven't heard that song on the radio occasionally. But, you know, we kind of came of age in the 80s, and that's our mm. decade. That's why we know that music so well. Um, exactly. But, yeah, that's why I'm glad we dove into this one. I'm glad we got a chance to listen to it. Uh, this is an album that I think I will continue to dive into from time to time. I think it's always going to be somewhere around for me. I Good, truly man. just enjoyed it. Lots of great music. It's an album I can't recommend enough. 
Final rating is 8.3, and I'm really good with that. That's between excellent and outstanding, and I'm more than fine with that. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm glad you picked it, Jimmy, because I really did truly awesome, enjoy it. Chris said, Chris told me that he first gave it a listen. I hadn't heard it yet. He's like, man, I'm not sure about this one. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be, uh, I, I, this has been on my back burner for a very, very long time, but I didn't know if it was going to be the right time to do it. And I thought, well, we've hit a bunch of early 70s stuff. So I thought, yeah, we'll throw it out there. Why not? Hey, I think it turned out great, man. There's some killer tunes on this album. So. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. All right. Well, we've got a uh, we got a pick, Chris. And in this corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, it's the blues rock guru, the master of podcast production, and the man who cannot stop the battery. It's Chris's pick. All right, buddy. Let's see what you got. I, well, you know, I'll tell you, I, I had three albums that, uh, actually four, that I was considering this week. Uh, we've never reviewed any of these people, by the way. Uh, awesome. But, that's, a, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. Since we did this album and we brought the guy up a couple times tonight, I'm going to go ahead and, and segue into uh, the 1996 uh, album from Matchbox 20. It was their debut album. Uh, the name of the yeah. album is Your, Yourself or Someone Like You. It may not be their best album, but it's definitely uh, got a couple of huge hits on it. And uh, I listened to it a few times this past week just to kind of give it the, a test run to see if you guys could stomach the whole thing. Stomach it. It's something I could sing from beginning to end. From So, like, this was a huge wow. one back in the, the 90s. I will say, I'm curious to see how y'all feel about it. I think Anthony, I don't know how he feels about it right now. I, it's probably something he's thrown up in his mouth in a little, and then he's going to grow to love it at the end of the two weeks here we'll would be my guess. But... Uh, uh, I, it, it, it's nineties feeling, man. I mean, kind of like Hootie was, I mean, it, it's got that nineties feel to it, not grunge. I don't mean that. I mean, there's just like a oh, sound no, it's 90s to it. That, rock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely got like a, a I don't know, it's slightly dated maybe, but, but it's got some great songs on it. So hope you well, guys I got enjoy two weeks. it. I got two weeks to yeah. take the vomit out of my mouth. So okay. <laughs> You do. Got two weeks to brush my teeth, get it kind of clean again. So. I, I think, and, I, and I'm, I might be speaking a little bit out of context here. I think you're going to like this one, Anthony. I really yeah, do. I do. Probably, you I, loved Hootie. This I is haven't very, listened in, to this in my since mind. Chris it's in the same this. vein. I haven't yeah. listened to it since you hinted to this uh, possibility, and I'm looking forward. To, I mean, because I'm like I told you last night, I'm a huge fan of Matchbox 22nd second album. I absolutely love that record. But I am I am looking forward to giving this one a spin. So I haven't listened to it. Three I probably haven't listened to this since the nineties. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, great song. On this and pushes on this. I mean, those are two of their hugest hits. So yeah, I can't wait, man. Cannot wait. I can Good wait, job. but we'll we'll give it a shot. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love it. I love it. I, I right. will say this, Anthony. You probably wouldn't have been ecstatic about any of my picks. Maybe the 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 early classic rock. I had one from 1972. You might have been ecstatic about, but yeah. the other three, you'd have probably been like, eh. So. <laughs> I'm all, but see again. That's why I love the podcast. Matchbox Twenty is one of those bands that I just got the 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 hits in my head so much. I'm like, just shut the hell up. I'm tired of hearing that song. So maybe I'll oh, find wow. a, a gem in there too. I mean, this album when I hear it, you know. So I would I, never I went out on my own and listened to it, but now that I'm forced to listen to it, basically beaten <laughs> into listen to it, you know, 
uh, I've got to go listen to it now. So I got no choice. Good Lord. Hey, uh, I know we're getting ready to talk about, uh, you know, what you got going on next weekend. I do want to say this and uh, sincerely mean this. Jimmy Buffett, if, if anybody that's in your circles, listen to it, but we, we're wishing you a speedy recovery or hoping you're getting back out. Uh, I know that you've had something that's going on. It's been very secretive, but we know you're sick and uh, or something's going on. We want you to get better. We want you to feel better. We want to see you again. Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Yeah, I'm diving into uh, hot water this week. I'm doing my last run through the 80s albums before. Fantastic. A couple man. more little things. So um, I do have a couple more things I want to talk about right before at the very end, though. But uh, I do want to say what Jimmy said, you know, get well, Jimmy. Um, yeah. It, it's crazy. Every, I'll tell you, man, it, it's really strange as a fan of Buffett's music. I've never had an artist in my life like him before, where I was thinking about this a few days ago. It's like since I found him in the '90s, there's never been a time where I haven't listened to him. You know, there's you know you slip into bands you like, like Death Leopard, Metallica. You slip in, slip out, yeah. Rush, all these other bands. You kind of slip in, slip out. But through every phase of my life, he's been part of it. But, he's never right, not right. been in my mix. So even when I got back into metal back in the early 2000s, he was still there in the mix. So it's really strange to me to hear him be so mortal sometimes. <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of breaking me up a little bit just talking about. It. I don't know why I don't even know the guy, but it's getting to me just seeing him. Uh, dude, it's 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 uh, Anthony. We get it, man. Trust me. We all there's going to be a a bad day that comes. And I know, and I, I, I you just we're all going to gets hospitalized last year, and you're like, okay, he's back on the road. Cool, hits again. You're like, oh god, you know, it's real. Maybe I mean, listen, seventy gets five years old, seventy eight. No, I'm not seventy eight. He's seventy. Is he 76? No, 76. I think he's yeah, 70. he turned 70. Uh, yeah. He, okay. He's I born at like 46, a, so he would have turned 76 in last year in 2022. So, Well, so he'd be like I said, man, it's yeah, – you think about it. Speaking of the mid-70s, Santana, the same thing happened to him last year. He had to cancel a bunch of dates because he had some pains, and he, about, he passed out on stage. Doing yeah, what he loved. And, and, I, and I have a feeling this is exactly how some people I mean, want to go out. Gordon Lightfoot. I'm curious, how, how old are your parents? Uh, they're set early. Mom's early seventies. Dad's late seventies. So, so can you imagine your dad on a tour? That I mean, we're talking about that age, man. Can you I imagine know. your dad on a on a nationwide tour? Play, and you you see how much effort it takes for these I guys know. to to play a, like a two hour set every night out there, man. It's it's a lot. I know. It's hard to believe I that mean, somebody that age can actually maintain that. You know, dude, just lost Gordon Lightfoot, and he was he was uh, eighty four and. Gearing up for a new tour when he got sick, went Dude, to the hospital. And he was and still died. playing. That's the thing. He was granted it was small, small stuff, but he was still playing. I just saw Alice Cooper. He's seventy five. Just saw him, and he did a full, full set. I mean, it's it's, it's hard crazy. to believe guys that age can put on that much of an effort. Uh, I, I know it's not nightly, but it's you know maybe biweekly or something. It really is most Dude, of these guys. I, it's so. just it's it's it's, it's tough to watch the people we have listened to and enjoyed get old. Yeah, it's strange to see Dude. that. It's like you don't, you don't like with Buffett. He's in his late seventies, but you always see him as Jimmy Buffett. You know, you always yeah. expect him to be there, and when he's not, I, there, I see like, him as crap. I see There's him like a, as the Buffett from my first experience, which was the uh, the year right. after Fruitcake. As far, as, far as live experience, that's yeah. how I see him with his hair. I see him with you know smiling, right. having a good time. With and, him, there's like a youthful, uh, there is youthfulness to Absolutely. his music. You know what I mean? That that's another <laughs> thing. I, and you, he's always had it, even in the new stuff. It's just it, there's like a 
youthful jubilance to his his vocals and the, the way he sounds and the, his lyrics, everything, you know, man. So like this, it makes you feel like he's maybe right. younger than he really is. Absolutely right. This is something that this really could have go to a discussion in, on the screaming and digital if we decide to go back that route. Because <laughs> honestly, we could talk. I could talk about this forever. Think about how somber we were when Eddie passed away. Yeah. <laughs> That really hit you hard, Jimmy. And we didn't so. know him. We don't know him know. from Adam. We just know the greatness that he gave us for so many years. You know, kind of funny that way side. when Taylor Hawkins died too, man. You know, it was just I, yeah, like right. such didn't a tragedy him, for the, the music community, you know. Because he's our age. I was yeah. listening to the uh, License to Chill podcast on Monday. They were interviewing Timothy B. Schmidt. And he was telling a funny story about Jimmy Buffett. He was like, he gave the impression that they were, he was staying at, Buffett was staying at Schmidt's house and he's like, well, it's Jimmy. We finally all had to go to bed, but Jimmy was, you know, still doing his thing. It's not like he was really exuberant, and he finally crashed out. But he said the next morning, his wife, Timothy B. Schmidt's wife, was given a pregnant yoga class, and Buffett just comes strolling through the kitchen to get something out of the fridge. <laughs> and one of the girls is like, was that Jimmy Buffett? You know, and so it's just so funny. I was thinking, man, it'd be so funny to be in a yoga class and Buffett just comes strolling through your house, you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is great. That so, is great. Um, but right, before we wrap up, I did want to throw three things out there really quick. Friday, we had three releases come out. One that Chris threw up in his mouth over a little bit. And uh, <laughs> uh, we had Def two Leopard. other ones. Def Leopard. Yeah. Well, Def Leopard dropped Drastic Symphonies on Friday, which is they reorchestrate a lot of their songs. They did. To fit the symphony orchestra and sounds really good for the most part. I mean, honestly, there's only there's one a really couple tunes that are rough, yeah. but uh, man, bringing on the heartbreak is fantastic. Oh my God. Too late for love hysteria. I could almost toss hysteria either versions of hysteria in the mix. Just give me either one of them any time of the week and I'm good with it. I will uh, say this, and- Anthony on that album. I don't know how they, they must've just grabbed his vocals from the original recording and put it over top of that because man, on a couple Too of songs, it's just yeah, like he, the he doesn't sound like that anymore. You're right. That's, no, he, no, they're no, pulling no. old. But the, the old duet, I just vocals. I can't get through that duet. Oh, oh God! All right, go ahead, Anthony. Continue. <laughs> I just want to throw that out, and then Ghost had Phantomine come out, yeah, and which is now. Phantom of the Opera, Iron Maiden, really good cover. And Dave Matthews dropped an album too. So, and Walk Around the Moon is the highlight on that one so far for me. I so. haven't even listened to that yet. Um, yeah. I got to give that a spin. If you like Somewhere Dave. To- it's good. It's similar man. to Beach House on the Moon, would you say? No, 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 no. Just, <laughs> if you enjoy Dave's music, it's a good I album. I used to love Dave, man. I used to love Dave, lost man. Me a long I worshiped the ground. Yeah, I used to worship the ground he walked on for, for a but, minute. But uh, I don't listen to him as much either, but when he has a new album come out, I always give it a couple of listens because I'm always kind of curious what he's doing. This has a couple oh, songs. Sure. There's a old school sound of Dave songs on here too, like Walk Around the Moon. So anyways, cool. I want to put that out Very there. Cool. It's a lot, but... There's some good new music out there to listen to if you need something to listen to this week so or next two weeks. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, kids, let's wrap this thing up. We've had a pretty good episode. I'm glad you guys semi-appreciated it, at least from two-thirds of this podcast. Loved it. <laughs> anyway, I love it. I love it. All right. For the Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. This is it.